It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. We were talking uh, when the women's team, Irish women's soccer team, qualified for the World Cup there was a controversy over the singing of Celtic Symphony in the dressing room. And I remember we argued at the time, and I think it was a fair argument, that the girls were just singing it because it's a popular song. That they weren't singing it for any reasons other than that. But it developed as discussions of the song generally do. And there's another controversy now has erupted for the the singing of, of that song where people are pushing back and angry at the Wolf Tones continuing to sing the song, continuing to perform the song. They performed it in the North over the last few days, and it's led to some very, very heated discussions. Uh, Brian Morfield, of course, of the Wolf Tones. You wrote the song, Brian. We talked at the time of the soccer match, and, and it's, it is a, just a popular song, and, 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 and people love it. But there are those who would like you to stop singing it. Good morning. Good morning to you, PJ. How are you doing? Very good. Um, yeah, you know, I just have to say that the, the it was the rudest, uh, most uh, bullying uh, interview I ever had in my life. Um, six years on the road, and that was yesterday. <laughs> you, were with, you were on with you were on with Joe Duffy yesterday for people who didn't hear it, and it was quite a controversial uh, interview, quite a bruising twenty minutes or so. That I listen, I listened to it and. I just wanted to have maybe a more, maybe a calmer discussion with you today. Like, for, for the benefit of people who wouldn't know the history, tell me the history again of Celtic Symphony. Well, you know, it's, it's a, a song that I was asked to write a song for the 100th anniversary of uh, Celtic Football Club, which I did. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a creator of uh, pictures and words, you might say. And uh, I wanted to tell the story of the Glasgow Irish people and their their love of Glasgow Celtic and their love of Ireland. And in every um, generation, the Glasgow people have supported the Irish um, struggle going back to 1798 and before. So, like, uh, the... the um, we... Um, they're very, 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 very proud of their Irish connection and... Uh, I wanted to bring that out. So I'm walking through the streets of, of Glasgow and my, to play in the Barrow Lands at the time. And I'm looking at, uh, I see the graffiti on the wall that says, mm. we're magic, we're magic up the cells, Celtics are great and blah, blah, blah. Ooh, ah, up the rah. And, you know, that says to me, that painted a picture of what the Glasgow 
Irish were thinking and at the time and they were you know in great support of the struggle in Ireland so yeah. that that's what uh, came across to me. And the song's been number one a number of times. It's been very kind to you. You've made a lot of money out of it. There are those who believe now, and not just songs like that one. Not not so, not songs, shall we say, on on the Republican side of of the, of the, the but songs on both sides. That it it would something like up the ra would be classed as a sectarian phrase. Is it time to retire them? Those songs, Brian. Well, I could just tell you, there's a long history of persecution of Irish song uh, by the English establishment in Ireland. I just go back to uh, the 1870s and there's a piece of the paper back then. I collect all these paper pieces, singing and playing seditious songs. At Nina Petty Sessions on Saturday, Constable John Moore charged Patrick O'Connor and Jack Stackpole with the above offence. The constable deposed that on the night of the sixth incident, between 10 and 11 o'clock, he met the prisoners, followed by a large crowd of boys, proceeding down Spout Road. Uh, one of them was playing a concertina, and uh, O'Donnell O'Boole was asked for. Yeah. Uh, he immediately played that tune, which was chorused by the, the crowd. Yeah. The constable followed them, and arrested the prisoners. Yeah, we're, we're going we're going back a bit there, were, though, Brian. But the, but, but let's let's come to the current the, controversy, if we could, and that was yeah. the, the singing so at the weekend in Fela on Fubble, for example. Yeah, it goes on. It goes on that every generation uh, has persecuted the artist song because they're afraid of it. The artist song is very important to the artist people. Remember that all the press was shut down that uh, told any kind of story of Ireland. True. So there's no other outlet uh, but uh, their song. Now, the tradition in Ireland is that we sing. We don't uh, give accolades to our heroes. Sometimes they might get a monument. In we remember them in up. song. Yeah, we do. We yeah, remember they, they, them in we, song. We remember them in song. And that's what we do, like we did with the hunger strikers and everything else. And it's important to the Irish people that they get some kind of recognition. In England, they are in the north of Ireland. If you're unionist, you get promoted to uh, to become a sir or a, a madam or whatever, like Fossil got her, uh, her accolade for dividing Ireland. Mm -hmm. And so did them. Um, so did, uh, uh, you know, um, Jeffrey Johnson. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, both of them got accolades and they're promoted by the English establishment they did. to divide Ireland. Yeah, but you see, right, can I just jump in across you there? The point I think a lot of people would make, and it happened after Fela on Fubble, and indeed, I know someone who was caught up at the weekend, they went to visit, the, do the Derry Walls walk, and they were caught up in the Apprentice Boys thing, and they were a bit upset and frightened by what was being sung there. So, there are sectarian songs on both sides of the divide. Now, whether you see um, Celtic Symphony as sectarian or not, so, some people do. Is it time in a peaceful Ireland, and I would contend we are living in, the, thankfully, a peaceful Ireland. In a peaceful Ireland, is it time that certain songs were just retired, Brian? Well, you see, the, the, the thing is, I don't see, um, I don't see anything that the Wolf Tales have sung uh, throughout the 60 period of our thing as sectarian. And very you wouldn't, but others would, would you see. Other, others no, no, would. Very few people that would. 
and there, it'd be a handful of people and a very small percentage that would. Because, you, you know, people who don't know the Wolf Tones music, you know, home in, in a nitpicking way mm. against one song out of two and a half hours. Yeah. Now, that Listen, I've, I've seen you play maybe 20 times, so I know what your show is like. You know? Yeah, okay. Well, you, you understand that we do all the stories of Ireland and the history of Ireland. Sure. It's emigration. We have songs at the moment about uh, Captain... Uh, uh, Robert Ben Forbes, who brought food to Ireland to County Cork yeah. at the at the, you know, uh, during the eighteen forty seven. Yeah, you, your your songs mark the events of Irish history through music, and that's very very laudable. But some people would look at certain elements of shall we use shall we use the term rebel songs, and would say yeah they're sectarian time to attack. Now one would look over at the loyalists, then there are loyalist songs. There are loyalist songs that should be retired as well. One would say, "Is it time to well, stop?" You know, you know? That, that's not going to that's not going to happen because, like, uh, we don't have the same tradition of bitterness uh, as the the as the um, loyalist songs have. The loyalist songs have a bitterness in them that can be seen by the words up to our neck. In oh, I know, but you'd look. look at your songs. To be fair, now, Brian, you'd look at your songs in your way, and if I had a loyalist supporting songwriter on the other line, he or she would look at their songs in exactly the same way. Do you understand what no. I'm getting at here? No, I don't, because it doesn't equate at all, in my mind. You know, um, it, it, as I said before, the ooh-ah up the ra in, in that song, it's like a lullaby compared to some of the songs You're not right wrong. Here. You're but not wrong. Us, we, we, don't, we don't attack anybody including Lionists or Protestants or any religions in our song and music. They do. That's the difference. It's a bitterness. It's a hatred. There's no hatred in, in my songs. I don't, I don't agree with hatred. I never was part of hatred, and I will never be part of hatred. So the, the fact is that uh, people misinterpret uh, what we okay. do because, remember, like... Just as I read out there, the thing the guy's getting two months in prison for uh, singing O'Donnell the Bull back in the 1870s. You know, there's nothing different to me singing and getting castigated and bullied and everything else because I sang Celtic Symphony. Okay. When I try to explain to everybody that the Celtic Symphony is a song that uh, I'm trying to reflect and paint a picture of Glasgow and bring them, they love our country, they love Ireland. In every generation, there was more people from Glasgow in 1916 than in any other part of Ireland. So they came in an abundance. Yeah. Margaret Skinner, who I wrote a song about also, she was part of that rising account of Markovich. So, you know, there's a great history and we should be grateful. And, and indeed, I've seen your show, as I said, I've seen your show many times. I can go all the way back to, to Seamus O'Koshley, Brian. I, I'm old enough and I can, I can remember I, your, your, your show, if anyone's never seen a Wolf's Tones show, is like a two and a half hour Irish history lesson through music. So, so we just wanted to get a, a, a chat with you and, and, and let you have your, your say because others, others wouldn't, but, but I will here. But inter you mentioned 60 years on the road. You still have the energy, fella. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, it's things like this give me energy. When I see, once again, that, you know, the Irish culture and, and, and its history are, are tr being trying to be washed out of our, our system, how can we ever forget the burning of Cork by, by the Black and Tans? How can we ever forget those things? Remember the famine in Ireland and the awful things that, you know, the Irish people were persecuted like nobody else. We are sent as slaves to the Caribbean by um, by Cromwell. You know, how could we have people wash that out of their history? You don't hear that in their history. There is some books written about it. And, you know, 100,000 people were sent by Cromwell to work the plantations in both uh, uh, the colonies, as it was then, and also in the Caribbean. They were left naked. The ladies and the girls that were brought over there were left naked in the fields and they were abused as they weeded the, weeded the uh, yeah. plantations. Yeah. You know, we have, a, we have a history of struggle. Now, I'm not saying that we should hate anybody for it. I don't. I don't hate anybody for it. But I want, you know, English people don't even know the story of their country. They don't even know what happened in Ireland. They don't even know what they've do, done to Ireland. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. So, you know, when I play in England, and we do quite often, um, people come up to me and say, I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. That's a great song. Where'd you get that? You know, where'd you get that story from? And they don't understand. They don't know their history because it's never taught in their schools. They're taught of a great empire and a great, wonderful Queen Victoria and uh, uh, all those uh, great kings and queens of England uh, mm. who made them great and yeah, made do, an do empire. Do you think sometimes, Brian, a good song 
is better than a history lesson or a history book. Well, I, I, I'd agree with that because we know the method of telling our story. Remember, history is always written by the conqueror. And Irish history, unfortunately, was hijacked by the conqueror. And, uh, and those who came after them uh, went to, uh, and tried to rely on their books for the information about Ireland. And so the history of Ireland became the history of the conqueror and not the history of our country. But fortunately for the Irish people, the history of our country was in their song. You know, a historian writes for other academics, but a, a folklorist like I am, I write for the people. I don't write for other academics. I write for the people. And if the people don't like the song, they reject it. If they like the song, they love it. If they like the idea of it, they sing it. And they uh, go on singing it forever and ever, if they want to. So that's the power and that's the importance of song to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Talking about Cork, I, I do. I'm old enough to remember Seems Cushley. You were pra- you, you, you practically couldn't have it without you. You played there for a few years running. What was your favourite over the years, Brian? Looking back at Cork and your frequent visitors here, where was your favourite favourite place to play down here? Can you remember? Well, obviously Seems Cushley, but we started off way back in the eight or uh, the the nineteen going back to the the nineteen sixties uh, and we played with Father Nesson down there in um on the keys there they had the Father Matthew Hall. Yeah. And it's still there. And we played there for Father Nesson and uh, he brought us down there in the early sixties and it was Cork was probably the first place to recognise the wolf tones outside Dublin. So we're very proud of Cork. Going back to the Seamus Lees, we played it for 13 years. Yeah. It's not one year that went on without it. In fact, the whole idea was conceived when we were coming back from uh, Lorient, the festival in Brittany, and uh, we were coming back on the plane, and we were with Oliver Barry, of course, our, um, our manager at the time, and it was a cork round too. And uh, we, we discussed the idea of having a, a similar festival in Ireland. And that's how Seems to Lee came about. Yes, and I remember it very, very well. Um, and, and even then, even then, uh, um, people used to complain about some of the lyrics in the songs. But you kept on because that's your music and that's your history. That's what you do. Do you have, of all the songs that the band and yourselves have written and, and, and released, do you have a favourite? I have loads of them. I, I mean, I've written 160 songs at this uh, stage and I've written all new melodies for it. I didn't rob any melodies uh, from tradition or otherwise. I composed them all. I've, they, they, I regard them all as my babies. Yeah. And um, Is there one, though? If, if, if I were to say to you tomorrow, Brian, you can perform one more song and then you have to go quietly away and retire, what would it be? Uh, it had to be Joe MacDonald. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a very powerful song, and you know when I wrote it, um, I I met Gretty MacDonald down at the Gresham Hotel in Dublin, and uh, I I gave her a copy of the song. I said, "Look, bring it back to the family. Let her let them listen to it. If they don't like it, we're not going to bring it out." I said, "But I don't want the family to suffer any." any remembrance of the awful event and uh, 
So about two weeks later, I met again in, in the Gresham, and uh, she came back, and we met again, and I asked her, what do, what do you think? And she said, the family just love it, uh, and uh, everybody that's here is love it. I said, should we bring it out? She said, if I don't bring it out, I'll fucking shoot you. Aye, 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 easy, 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 Brian, family, family radio show. There was another song that was very good to you. Very, very good to the Wolf Tones. Do you still perform it? Written by my old pal, and he was an old pal of mine, Liam Riley. The Streets of New York still a big one for you. Absolutely, and what a great song. And uh, uh, we were great friends with Liam, as you know. And, uh, you know, the, the last gig we had together was up there in Oma. And uh, yeah. we played together and we took photographs together. We we shared a little bit of a yap, 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 whatever about the business and everything else. And he said to me, Brian, F you, he says, everybody thinks you wrote the streets in New York. I said, no. I explained to everybody every night. I have her up at the screen, Liam Riley. It's true, though. <laughs> it's we- true, because, I mean, until, it was actually a mutual friend who said to me, actually, you know, they didn't write that. And I said, didn't they? No, that was Liam. I said, you're joking me. I actually ended up saying to Liam, Christ, Liam, I never knew you wrote that. I'm so sorry. Do you know? Actually, here's a caller on the phone. Can you say to Mr. Warfield, his songs have provoked discussion and debate among my sons because in schools, they shy away from the subject matter. They're encouraged to talk about and study Hitler. But when it comes to Irish history... The debate seems to be getting shut down. So through your music and through your songwriting, Brian Warfield, you're you're doing history a service. Well, I I think so, and I like to believe that as well because that's my ambition in life was to carry the story to the world, to tell the story about Ireland, its history and its story, and it's not just like. Um, uh, all the rebellions and wars and heroes. It's also about our emigrants. And our emigrants e- are great heroes in my mind as well because, you know, if you read uh, most of the old emigrant em- songs, everybody was sad to leave the country. They didn't like leaving the country. They, their songs are sad and, and, and longing to get back to where they belong, but they never got back home again. And, you know... Despite that, they supported Ireland, uh, you know, in once again in the struggle. And remember, it was a very difficult time for the Irish people. You know, we had a police force, RIC, that were arresting people for singing songs. Another, another fellow, I collect all these things. Another fellow was arrested because he had a copy of God Save Ireland in his home. And that was in County Limerick. Yeah. And arrested and imprisoned. These fellows had sang... Uh, that uh, that uh, uh, that song, uh, uh, Donna Labou, yeah. but two months in prison for singing it. I know, I know. Now, they they don't they they don't uh, imprison people for singing them now. But you know, under Section Thirty One, they banned our music on radio. They banned that. everything we done, even when we had a Christmas song coming out. They banned that song as well. And, you know, and that was because of Conor Cruz O'Brien. I remember all that. There was another another song, you mentioned Emigration. That was another Liam Riley song you had a massive hit with, Two Flights of Earls. That's right, yeah, it was indeed. And it was very apt for the 1980s. Yeah. So, you know, we've covered every every aspect of 
of uh, you know of of life and an Irish life and Irish struggle. Yeah. So why shouldn't we? We're Irish ballad singers. We're folklorists. Yeah. We're not historians. We're not uh, we're not politicians. I never belonged to a, a political party in my life, and I never will. And uh, that's the way I am. I'm yeah. a folklorist. I will tell the story of Ireland. And I'll tell it from an Irish perspective. Yeah, Here's another one coming in. I'm not a Wolf Tones fan, but there's one that gets me every time when I was abroad. It's My Heart is in Ireland. Another very popular one. I would have a favourite um, going right back, Brian. And I am going right back to Seamus Cushley on a warm, sunny Sunday in July. Tour Dom de Love. Yeah, I know. And that, uh, you know, great traditional song and everything else. I wrote the words to it to try and bring people together. Uh, to, you know, all peoples and creeds and joining hands and trying to make friends with everybody. And, you know, at the time when we were going north, we played in many, many places that, uh, you know, golf clubs in Lurgan. We played in many places where there was a big uh, Protestant community at our shows. And most of them, most of them liked uh, the music and the song, the message and everything else. But when it came to civil rights, it was something they couldn't digest. Mm. And uh, that, that was a pity because, you know, up to then, Lemass and uh, O'Neill were trying to make a headway in peace uh, for our country. And um, it was described by one man, I believe, and that was Ian Paisley. Now, the Paisleyites, when we sang in Ballymena, in the Ballymena Town Hall, for the, the Irish Folk Song Society uh, of... Uh, right in the heart of Paisley Country, like. The, yeah, they were outside outside the door singing hymns and with big signs, no Republican bands here. Yeah, and yet you're there and you play to a packed house. Mick Nugent says many so, great nights with the Wolf Tones at the Arcadia on the Lower Road. Um, Eric says, please tell Mr. Warfield I'm a huge fan and look forward to seeing the Wolf Tones play soon. Maria says, I don't think the Wolf Tones should have to change any of their music. We should always respect freedom of speech. I need to, to go because I'm running out of time, Brian. I like what you say, though, and I like the way you've put it. You're not a historian. You're not a politician. You're a folklorist. And, and you're That's right. That's exactly what I am. All right, listen. It's been a pleasure to talk and I'm glad we could have a nice measured conversation and we will speak again Brian Warfield uh, the man who wrote Celtic Symphony on the road now 60 years with the Wolf Tones love them or hate them they are part of our Irish culture and I would have seen them and had the pleasure of DJing after them and just gone to see them just see the show more than 20 times in, in my in my few years on this planet and always have enjoyed them Oh, 0818-96-96-96. Maria, we should always respect freedom of speech, freedom of music, freedom of song. And there are many countries the world over who have expressed their history and told their story in song. And sometimes it's better done in song, better done in music, because music is a universal language. Quartz 96 FM.